What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the 66 Letters. I uh, just want to say real quick that uh, this is going to be a little bit different from how some of the other podcasts have been. I am actually traveling right now, um, and so there's going to be some background noise that I just can't really avoid, unfortunately. And uh, so if you would bear with me, uh, I just simply want to talk with you. Sure that some of you may have noticed last week that uh, there was not a posting. There was not a new podcast to roll out, um, even though there's supposed to be a new one each week. And I want to walk with you or have you walk with me through the process of why that didn't happen and what the reality of life sometimes looks like. So I've mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, maybe one, well, one, definitely one, maybe a second one, I mentioned that I'm writing a book. Uh, the book is called The Scars of Redemption, and particularly, I'm at a point in the book where I'm talking about life ever, uh, life after, hope ever after, really, of, you know, we go through these really, really hard times, these moments in life, whether they are for a short moment, uh, like an event, or whether it is a chronic, ongoing issue in life, uh, we we end up with scars, right? Like it's hard, uh, or let's say it this way: no one goes through this life without scars, right? And I'm at this point in the book where it's this transition from talking about the scars, talking about the unhealthy learned behaviors that we learn to cope with in life, and transi- I'm, I'm transitioning to, so what now, and what does life look like after that, and as I, as I was getting ready to write this portion of the book, and I reached out to a few other people to say, hey, would you be willing to share some testimony with me, there was... There was a realization uh, that not only hit me, but also hit a couple of people that I asked of there's a hope ever after, but not necessarily a happy ever after. And that's part of why I didn't write last week, or not write, well, I didn't write last week, actually. I haven't written on my book in a couple weeks now, but... That's part of why there wasn't a, a podcast last week was, to be honest with you, as my as my listeners, I wasn't in a place to really write anything. I was in a struggle uh, that even though right now in life there are, there are good things in my life, my marriage is beautiful. In fact, my bride and I plan to share a marriage topic together for the podcast. Uh, We have a baby on the way. Uh, I have a steady job that helps us pay the bills. I have this podcast. I'm writing a book. Things are good. And yet, I still have these spells of not being happy. Not because of my present circumstances, but because of some persistent issues with the past. Not anything of me trying to dredge up the past, not anything of me trying to be bitter of the past, but rather that 
our past continues to have a, a kind of like a nuclear fallout, right? And it can distract us from the present. And so, uh, so like I said, I'm getting ready to write this portion of the book, and I find myself in this moment now where I'm dealing with some of that nuclear fallout from the past that is causing present struggle. And and then even uh, one of the guys that I've asked to help write a portion of this book. He reaches out to me and says, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm struggling writing this portion because there is still so much hurt. And instantly I was able to relate with him because I myself was going through this. I, I, you know, I, I didn't write because I didn't know what to write because in the moment, in the, in the present, I was hurting. Um, and then when it came to having a clarity of thought and being able to say, okay, I'm you know, I want to speak on this for the podcast right now. Honestly, I just sat with the Lord and said, Lord, I, I have no words right now. There is, there isn't anything for me to speak on. Um, and so over the last week of not doing a podcast and processing and, and really growing with the Lord, uh, this, there were two phrases that came to mind. One, hope, av- hope ever after. Uh, which is, uh, of course, the title of this podcast, but also sustaining grace. And I'm going to get into to both of those really um, to to do you know just a chat. Like I said, this is going to be a little bit of a different style. So hope ever after. You know the thing about our walk with Jesus isn't that everything just falls into place and and you end up living your best life and and let me say right now I'm not um, of course Joel Osteen is most known for saying the phrase you know live your best life now um, but I will say it's not just Joel Osteen I I have heard other believers say I'm just living my best life and I think that I understand what they're saying. Like they're saying, man, things are really good in life right now. But I, I myself, I stray away from using this phrase because the thing is, is that no matter how good my life can get right now on earth, even if right now I were to get everything that I've been praying for, everything that I've hoped for, it still would not be my best life because my best life is yet to come. And that's going to be when I get to heaven and I actually get to physically sit in the presence of Jesus as he is sitting on the throne with the Father. That, that is going to be the best life. And in fact, Jesus didn't promise that we were going to have the best life. He forewarned the apostles, you know, his disciples, his 12, he said, I tell you this, you will go through tribulation. Even though you have this relationship with me, my dear friends, you are going to have tribulation. I'm telling you ahead of time. As a friend, I'm letting you know this. And so, Knowing that we're going to have tribulation, knowing that tribulation will be a part of our life, it's it's kind of silly to think that we would be happy ever after, right? 
Um, but to say there is hope ever after. When we're in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, there is a hope ever after. There is a hope that the struggle, the suffering, the heartache, the pain of sin, the open wounds of rejection, the hurt, that the residual hurt that follows us from things that have happened to us in life, there is a hope ever after that one day absolutely one day it'll it'll all come to an end when we get to heaven now let's not to say that some of this wouldn't come to an end some sometime here on earth because i truly believe that there can be healing here on earth that that there are moments where the lord grants us the ability to experience healing here on earth But even with so much healing that can occur here on earth, it still pales in comparison to the hope that awaits us when we get to heaven with Jesus. And so there is hope ever after, even if currently you are struggling, even if now you are living a really good portion of your life, there's going to be more heartache before the end of your life. There is going to be calamity that comes your way, whether that's by choices of your own or whether that's by the choices of someone else or whether that's just simply the fallout of this world because we live in a sinful, broken world and crap just happens, right? Crap just happens sometimes. I'm sure that is what was going on with Job, right? Job wasn't doing anything wrong. No one chose anything wrong for, you know, to wrong Job. But by simple fallout of this broken world and how evil the enemy thinks, calamity came his way. And so if you're living a really good portion of your life, I want to say bravo, that's great, that's awesome. And I'm not trying to be a source of uh, discouragement. I'm simply wanting to lay out the reality of as good as you're living life right now, Don't stock up your hope in this temporary moment of your life. Your hope ought to rely in Jesus Christ. And that is what he offered us. That is what he spoke of time and time again is that there is hope beyond this life. And honestly, that's that's what has helped me in these last few weeks um, in the struggle of uh, trying to write this book. Um, it, I will admit it's been frustrating as I've wanted to write this book, but I, I haven't been in the place to do it. And I do think that I'm moving into a place now where I am ready to write this book in a realistic fashion. Because I think that there was a part of me that was trying to create an unrealistic expectation of life ever after of you being hurt and you seeking healing. And now I know for sure that I'm coming in with a different perspective, a fresh perspective of what really life looks like even years after the hurt has happened, even years after that event, even years after losing that person, whatever that may look like, I now have a more realistic expectation of actually here's what life looks like, but here's how 
so different, it looks like, when Jesus is in the picture. And that's what brings me to the next uh, phrase that I'm, or term that I mentioned earlier, sustaining grace. You know, if I were to think of a prime example of someone who lived fully in sustaining grace, Paul comes to mind. You know, Paul, Paul was living a really good life. He really was. He was a zealot for truth. Uh, he was at the, the top tier of what you could be in the Jewish culture within the society that they were living in. He was living the life. Uh, and then he came to know Jesus. And, you know, in Philippians 3.8, he says, I tell you this, every bit of anything that I'd ever accomplished, even my, my birth pedigree, it's nothing to knowing Jesus Christ. He said, everything that I hoped for and accomplished and, and knew before Jesus means nothing. It's all about the fact that now I know Jesus. And you know, after Paul came to know Jesus, he certainly didn't have a cakewalk of a life, right? We're all familiar with bits and pieces of Paul's life. Um, and you know, to, I, I could spend probably the next 30 minutes walking through everything, right? Everything that, that Paul went through, that Paul suffered, that um, that came his way and and how you know he had to overcome and all the stuff. But I think it's sufficient to say we all know Paul went through a lot of stuff. And I think overall what I would highlight because it took such a long time was Paul's journey uh, or his travel, rather, of eventually getting to Rome. He was held captive. He was shipwrecked. He was uh, shipwrecked on an island. He was bit by a snake. He was constantly with Roman guards about him because he was under uh, he was under arrest. Um, and then even when he got to Rome, it wasn't like, okay, cool, I'm at Rome and I get to walk around as a free Roman citizen. He was still under house arrest. Um, and he had all these things that just continually happened. Uh, he found himself in jail so many times throughout his ministry, right? I would, I would think that we could all agree, like there would be a consensus that this was not happy ever after, right? Like no one is happy about going to jail. No one is happy about being shipwrecked, especially when he predicted it, right? He gave the forewarning, like, guys, if we go this way, like, and we decide to leave now and go this route, like, it's not going to go so well. Uh, and then it happened. And he even said, like, I told you this was going to happen. And I think it'd be easy to say he wasn't happy about an I told you so moment. He was probably more frustrated. Like, I, I don't know what to say right now other than I told you so. Paul didn't have happy ever after. But what Paul did experience was hope ever after. What Paul did experience was joy. What Paul did experience was sustaining grace. And what I mean by sustaining grace is I, th- I think there, there's grace is multifaceted. We have saving grace, uh, that moment that we come to salvation. We have uh, strengthening grace, which is, you know, when there's a moment that we know we're about to walk into that only by God's grace are we going to be able to go into it, right? There are things like common grace where 
whether you're a believer or not a believer, you get to enjoy common grace, such as breathing air, enjoying the sunshine, being here on earth, uh, you know, still having some good things in life, even if you aren't fully participating in all of what God has to offer for grace. We all know that. And so sustaining grace for me, I think about uh, something that Jeremiah wrote about in Lamentations, and he said, Great is the steadfast of the Lord. Uh, this is in Lamentations 3. It says, His mercies are new every morning. So each morning we're given this, this dose of grace, right? It's, you know, what I'm thinking of now is what, what we're supposed to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, give me daily what I, what I, give me today the grace that I need. And, thank God for sustaining grace, right? Like, could you imagine waking up one day and God going, hey, you're on your own. <laughs> now, I, now, hear me on this. I, I understand that it feels like sometimes that, that you are on your own. It feels that way, and that's the way the enemy wants you to think. He wants you to feel that you're isolated. He wants you to feel that you're alone because when you're alone and then you begin to isolate yourself because you're going, well, no one cares and I'm alone, then that's when he can attack you even more, create more ineffectiveness in your life and make your life more miserable, right? But the thing is, is that you're not ever alone. You may feel that you're alone, but you're not ever alone. God, multiple times throughout scripture says, I will not forsake you. Jesus himself in the Great Commission says, and lo, I will be with you to the very end of the age. So every day we wake up and we have a God who is active in our personal life, who offers sustaining grace for the day to make it through the day to then make it to the next day and make it to the next day and make it to the next month and make it to the next month to make it to the next year. And it's not to say that it's easy. That's not what I'm saying by any means. Certainly, we have some days where even with that sustaining grace, we're just thinking, how do I make it to the next hour? But that's the beauty of the sustaining grace, is that even when you're in moments of your life that you don't know how to carry on to the next hour, His grace is sufficient. In your weakness as a human, His grace sustains you. And get you to the next day. How many of you, how many of us, I'm, I'm included in this, have we said, God, if I could just make it to the next day? And the realization is the only way you made it to the next day was because of God's sustaining grace. Think about that. The only way you make it to the next day is God's sustaining grace. And think how mis think of how much more miserable the day would be if God didn't offer that. What hope would there be for the next day? And then when you become hopeless, how miserable is that? I think we've all experienced those moments in our life where we we had lost hope, right? And yet, we're still here, right? Because, man, God is so faithful. Even when we feel hopeless, He still offers hope ever after. Even when we feel 
completely depleted and don't have the strength or the will to carry on, he still offers his sustaining grace. He still offers new mercies every morning. And praise God for that. I can't imagine having some of the things that I've experienced in in my life still, again, feeling some of the nuclear fallout of some of those things that have happened in life. I can't imagine not having my Jesus with me. It's because I do have my Jesus with me that I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful of a day on this side of heaven that there will be some more things that I'm healed of. But I'm also hopeful of the day that I get to join him in heaven and really everything goes away, right? And so maybe you're in a moment now in life where there's some struggle And I'm not talking about like, oh my gosh, there's a party coming up. How am I going to plan for it? I'm talking about life hits you below the belt, knocks you flat on your back. Maybe you're in that moment right now. I just want to encourage you. There is hope ever after. And at your disposal, there is this offering of sustaining grace that the Lord offers to you. And maybe right now in life, you're not going through that. And for that, man, let me say, I am I am so happy for you. Like, I, I'm not wishing anything bad to happen to you. If you're in a, in a phase of life right now where things are good and, you know, you really don't have any cares of this world right now, there's nothing, you know, overwhelming you, like, that is awesome. And that's great. And that is a part of our walk. That is the ebb and flow of life is that in the ebb and flow, there is the flow of bad and then there's the ebbing away of bad, right? Like you get to experience good in this life and I am so happy for you. But let me say again, as I said earlier, do not put your hope in this momentary pleasure. Do not put your hope in this temporary gladness of life because it's not sustainable. It's not going to happen that way. You can choose to find joy continually in the good and the bad. Absolutely. But there's going to be a moment coming someday. And it might be tomorrow. It might be today. It might be five years from now. That something is going to come your way. And I hope that you, by you listening to this message that you remember this message, even five years from now, that when calamity does strike, that you remember that there is a hope ever after, and that at your fingertips, there is a sustaining grace that you can take advantage of by the work of Jesus. So, as we carry on through the rest of our day, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I look forward to continuing to be a part of your spiritual journey as you listen to these podcasts, and I look forward to when I get to announce the publication of my book, and as always, 
I look forward to your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. And, uh, yeah, may you be blessed. May you have a great, great day. And I look forward to the next time we get to converse.